0: A on to Stokes, who's onside! One down! Here's Sims. It's a good service from Southampton. They could finish the job here. Welcome to episode fifty-one of the Saints FC podcast. Um, my name is John Bailey. I'm Tom Parker. Hello, Tom. Hi, John. How are you? Yeah. Well, you know what? I've had a weekend where I've seen lots of friends, drunk lots, um, eaten nice food, drunk nice beers. So, you know, that's that side of life is is going okay, I suppose.
1: The bit you're in control of. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. How about um how about you Tom? Yeah, it's similar. Yeah. Uh, lots of food, lots of lots of booze, uh lots of friends. Uh yeah, the bit I'm in control of. I'm not letting myself down. Yeah. Um
0: funny enough, I think we've probably both had better weekends by the fact that neither of us actually went to Craven Cottage. Probably That's yeah. probably the first time I haven't been to Craven Cottage that Saints have been playing there for many, many years, you know. it's, it's one of my favorite places to go and watch Great football. Great Yeah. Good stadium. Um basically we we Tend to do quite well there uh, in, in my memory, anyway.
1: Stadium might be overselling it a little bit, yeah. but that's part of the charm, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. What's called football ground, and there's some nice pubs down there as well. Lovely and pubs, you can walk lovely people. The park going yeah. There. Yeah. Bishop's Avenue.
0: Yeah, and you normally go along, and then you have that whole end, which is normally just full of Saints fans. You know, even the neutrals bit totally packed have loads of fun generally celebrate and uh chant you know saints win and romp home to another win at the cottage
1: yeah it's got that lovely sort of cricket pavilion sort yeah. of vibe about it There's a lot to like about craven cottage yeah
0: um but i think our friends that did go to craven cottage this weekend tom didn't have that experience that um i'm used to getting there he would have thunk it no wow. Well, you know maybe this this tells you why you know neither of us were actually there on saturday um I did manage to follow the game. Did you, Tom? Yeah, I yeah. did. Uh, Woburn Centre Park a so surprisingly good Wi-Fi. Yeah, there we go. Um, so we can take you through absolutely everything that happened. Pick up, pick up over the, the bones and the corpse of Southampton Football Club as we go along. So, I mean, in case there's any Saints fans that listen to this, somehow know how to work a podcast, but don't, uh, <laughs> you know, look up the results. Obviously, everyone knows Fulham 3, Southampton 2, and... Um, You know, it's kind of like the same old story, but with like a few more goals this time, isn't it? So yeah, you know, basically nice goals. Yeah, exactly. Saints take a lead. Ultimately, they throw it away, and we end up losing or drawing. So, I mean, that narrative has played out once again.
1: That's the narrative of twenty eighteen, isn't it? Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, Except there were five goals, so we scored twice, which is nice. Like, you know, we don't do that too often. Um, Last time we did that, I think was home to Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: maybe and only once. I think away to Palace was we did that as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, and
0: I think, you know, let's start with a positive. So Armstrong's goal, very nice. Both goals? Yeah, yeah. Really nice. So, I mean, let's, let's start with the first one. Um, ball's kind of like bouncing around in the box. Armstrong kind of like goes in, chests it, takes it away from a defender with his chest and then just kind of like pokes it under the goalkeeper. It was... It was quite Stephen Davis-esque, it was, really, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, was it last season when we were there for the FA Cup and Stephen Davis got a goal, which was quite a scrappy uh,
1: goal? It was actually Ward-Prowse. Oh, was it Ward-Prowse that that got the we goal? There. Yeah, he sort of, yeah, sort of bounced off someone yeah. and James lashed it home. Uh, yeah, it was quite similar, actually. Always like a sort of um, just taking advantage of a bit of laps defending.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Fulham have been known for pretty laps defending. Um, we saw quite a lot of that on Saturday. Uh, Ranieri hasn't managed to sort that out yet but you know it would be a real miracle worker to actually get that turned around so quickly Um, but yeah I I thought Armstrong looked good The, the thing that I thought Armstrong did really well in this situation is so often when we get the ball in the opposition box our players panic
1: they didn't yeah. think about what they're doing, particularly midfielders. If you look, if you look at like like shots like Lamina or yeah. Lash wide, I mean, Hoybuck to to a lesser extent, like yeah. Ward Prowse, like yeah, you know, he just you know, Elia the ball just yeah. gets lashed anywhere but at the goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas Armstrong, you know, cool head, lovely bit of control, pokes the ball home. Um, then of course we have the Fulham fight back. So. Uh, we have Mitrovic gets the first goal. It's quite yeah. a nice goal from it's Fulham a, again, wasn't it?
1: It's a lovely guy. It's, it's a goal. If if Man City score it, yeah, you know people are if Arsenal score it. It's total football. I, I think Fulham play with real pace. I think that's what surprised me. Um, they just really quick on the ball. and They're really a lot of one touch football. They've got a lot of really good quality footballers. And they, you know, if you watch that goal, it's beautiful. Lots of one touch, pass move, pass move, find space. Yeah, um, but the, I think we'll we'll probably talk about Wesley uh, mm. shortly. But I think um, you because know, he was kind of the central figure for Saints in this game, and, and not in probably in the way you would hope to be. Um, but like, if it, if it, it features the defining image of Wesley Hoyt's Southampton career, which is Wesley sort of hearing the opposition fans cheering a goal, and sort of turning around to look and and seeing that one of the opposition forwards has had the audacity yeah to score a header which he hasn't defended
0: you can actually see kind of like wesley hoot the movie 2018 it would be that moment yeah you kind of you hear the crowd roar and then actually the camera panning out you know as he's kind of like looking there in disbelief and then the credits could start to roll going up the-
1: he almost has this like i can't believe the temerity of these forwards <laughs> to score goals, but it is you know and that is the story of of hoyt's you know six foot four yeah uh wesley hoyt's uh you know Dutch international centre about Wesley Hoyts, Southampton career. It's this. It's this kind of the look of disbelief that he yeah. has on his face as another centre forward has scored a header from reasonably close range against Alex McCarthy. Yeah.
0: Um, do we also think Cedric was a little bit to blame for this in the build up as well?
1: Yeah, I don't think Cedric again didn't have a great. Um, I, I, th- I think what I think it's tricky with Cedric. I think they did move the ball at a real pace. Mm. Um, so and that yeah, I think that's something Cedric has in spades, his pace. So I don't know if it was quite Cedric being to blame as much for this one, but again, you know, it's another forward that yeah. peels off between two centre backs. Our centre backs are nowhere near them. Right. And it's another free header. Yeah. It just drives you mad. If you're Alex McCarthy, you must be thinking like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, what? Guys, what? Yeah. How are you doing this?
0: I mean, Alex McCarthy's just come back from, you know, making his debut for England, which yeah. is, you know, really great. Player, Playing behind, but... like,
1: John Stones, you know, like, Carl yeah. Walker, like, quality, maybe less so Lewis Dunk or whoever <laughs> it, the, the, belt, the Brighton player was. But, you know, like, yeah. slightly less uh, quality now back at Saints, Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> Um, so I mean if, if if
0: I can't manage to pin the blame on uh, Cedric for the first Fulham goal I, th- I think I can for the second Fulham goal so uh, to uh, Andre Schürr, um comes in at the back pace Matty Target I mean kind of doing a bit of ball watching sliding in um, but really nowhere near Schurler very very simple finish for him but that all came from a nice piece of work from um, Sessignon down yeah. the wing and Sessignon he was, what, 18, 19 years old? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what his age is. He's, he's 18. He's, he's a 18. kid, yeah. He's young. And he just makes Cedric look like such a fool. He yeah, has I him mean, on toast. Yeah. And like he just kind of goes past him so easily. And you have Gabbiadini, who's playing in this kind of like right wing role at
1: the moment. He has a great yeah. half assed yeah. forward yeah. challenge I mean, where he sort of just go, he goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm done yeah. now. I'm just going to kind of bump into you just yeah. so that it looks like I've, I've done Done my bit there.
0: But, I mean, Cedric should be be able to do better there
1: really you think so. i mean cedric has to stop the cross yeah um this is something you know saints concede a lot of goals it seems what, to be from crosses
0: let's just make
1: it difficult yeah for assessing on it's just too easy yeah it's too easy and then you know it hits our other fullback target you know it goes into the other f- targets targets yeah, tar- target zone. targets targets yeah. and uh and yeah you know, target is like again like oh my god like who is this man andre scherler this german international footballer that has (laughs) dared score quite a simple goal from six yards and you do wonder what saints are doing i I think we'll probably come to the defense i mean
0: yeah it's pretty astonishing it's like
1: none of them have ever played football
0: before they don't understand how like wingers might overlap or that strikers might peel back to try and find that space that is not marked by a central defender, yeah. you know, and, and where, where they you have uh, a more vulnerable uh, right back or a left back maybe, waiting.
1: Maybe it's because they spend all week watching our forwards, so they spend all week watching Charlie Austin and yeah. thinking, like, <laughs> "Well, that's obviously what forwards do. Yeah. They don't kind of get near the ball." So, so that's what Charlie does. So they're not then getting decent. Fine. Practices. So yes, like, yeah. yeah. So like, they spend all week watching Charlie. Charlie couldn't get near a football if his life seemingly depended on it at the moment, and then. They you know, they're just shocked when someone else plays the game slightly differently.
0: Yeah. Um so obviously we go into half time, two one down, and you expect Mark Hughes is probably Well, I mean, I, I would expect Mark Hughes to be kind of saying, you know, come on guys, you know, buck your ideas up a bit here, you know, defence, you've got to concentrate, you've got to be aware of the you know, Shirler and Session overlapping, you've got to be aware of Mitrovic being their main target for yeah, goals and their absolutely. main source of goals. <laughs> It just just seems the same. But anyway, it did come out in the second half. I mean, although we're remaining the defence, once again, we look quite
1: good going forward quite a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and I said Redmond
1: was, Redmond was fantastic all game. Yeah, he's creating lots and lots yeah, of chances. He was clutching of at trouble. straws for yeah. positivity. But Redmond,
0: yeah. brilliant. I think, yeah, Redmond, Armstrong and Lamina probably all have pretty good games, to yeah. be honest. Absolutely. Um, And then Armstrong gets a a second goal, which was a a lovely, lovely finish. I thundered it. And, you know, this is one of the things that's so frustrating about Cedric. is like he was really instrumental in the build-up to Armstrong's second goal. It's a beautiful layoff. Lovely exchange with Gabbiadini. Then the back heel layoff to Armstrong, who lashes it into the top corner from 18 yards out. It was a really nicely worked, beautiful goal. And it's befitting of a good premier league team that that move
1: yeah again like i think armstrong must be thinking like what's going on here like why am i now only getting a sniff when this team is in the doldrums why am i now only getting on this pitch i mean good thing is now he can't drop armstrong um and you know armstrong genuinely looks to have a bit of quality that our other midfield options lack certainly going forward um We've spoken before about War Prowls. You know, it just doesn't have that composure. Yeah. Uh, in front of goal, uh, Armstrong seems to have that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, composure. I'd say is the one thing that he seems to have in buckets that the rest of our team don't seem to have. You know, yeah. that ability to concentrate and not just panic or get overexcited when when the
1: time counts. But again, we we've spoken about this before. I know that Mark Hughes doesn't necessarily sign the players, mm. but Mark Hughes must have some you know, ability to say, yes, I want that player. No, I don't want that player. You know, all right, he got an injury earlier in the season. What's taken, why has it taken Armstrong so long to get back in that team when the paucity of options we have in terms of a midfielder that actually provides a goal threat is so obvious? Yeah, I I just
0: don't know the answer to that, Tom, because by all accounts, he played very well in pre-season. I went down to St Mary's for the first game of the season he was definitely the brightest Saints player in that game yeah, against He Burnham. was the only one
1: who could like, do something.
0: Yeah. And he just thought, all oh, right, yeah, really good signing. Very pleased about that. He's clearly going to be a big part of the team going forward. And yeah, I mean, he, he clearly does have a bit of an injury issue because he does seem to get injured towards the end of games. They always they were very, very quick to bring him off, weren't they? Yeah. As soon yeah. as he got hit yeah, um, the, yeah, on against, Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. against Fulham on Saturday. So maybe there's a little bit of a fragility in perhaps their. They don't want to have to rely on him too much. But, you know, when you look at what he's doing on the pitch when he is on the side, it was just brilliant. He was kind of the beating heart of our, our kind of, like, attacking play, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was at the heart of everything. And he does seem to have – he just seems to be quite clever footballer. Mm. And I think we've spoken for a long time about Saints midfielders and how we are sort of – we're full of, in championship manager football terms, like CMs, yeah. you know, like just generic Saints midfielders, i I think you know Hoiberg, you know maybe is a more defensive slant. Lamina is not really the box to box midfielder right. we probably hoped he would be. So we do need someone who can step up and do someone something a different. Someone who an AMF, see C- someone who's an AMF, yeah, or has you know at least CM slash AM in old football manager parlance. So yeah, like so I, you know he he looks like he's got something about him, yeah. and he played brilliantly for Scotland in yeah. the week. So he has to play now against Man United.
0: Yeah, so obviously from two two, this is where Saints, you know, push on. Armstrong gets his. Hand. Patrick, Obaveny yeah. comes on, gets another goal, we, you know, we're for taking, you know,
1: yeah. that yeah, we peg him back at their place. What happened, John?
0: Well, um Wesley Hoot kind of wins the ball back down did, did well. in the um down in the corner flag towards Saints So At this point he probably turns around and either hoofs it Yeah, you, you could hoof it into the stand. If you want to be really clever, maybe pick out another Saints player. But at least he's gonna, you know, kind of really I, he it up probably the
1: line. hoofed it up the line, didn't he? To Redmond, who's playing on the left, on the left. So Redmond's pace—that's what he did, surely.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's what I've told myself in my
1: head. I mean,
0: just rewatched the highlights there, Tom. Um, what does he do with it?
1: He kind of dawdles for a bit, um, thinks about what he's gonna do, backs himself further into a corner, which is also quite an impressive thing to do and then uh, lays off a brilliant pass to the uh, marauding Fulham right winger. <laughs> so uh, just, just tease him up yeah. perfectly. Um, and then not satisfied with that. And I, I'd urge um, Saints fans to watch it again because it is almost like the most terrible defending you'll see a Premier League footballer do of that. you know, He's an international player for Lazio. He must be pretty good. Like he, he not only then makes the mistake, but then he doesn't go like, right, I've made a mistake. They've got the ball. They're going to try and cross it in. I need to get back to my centre-back position. John, what does he do?
0: Yeah, well, I think at this point, you have two options, don't you? You either chase the ball back... You go and win ...and go crazy. You Even maybe get yourself a little yellow card just going to get the ball right. Oops, I've made a mistake, but I'm going to rectify it right now. Or, you're right, you go back to your centre-back and your centre-back position, you realise that there's going to be a cross coming in. You win and, that ball. And you make sure you win that ball, you win that header. What you don't do... Is go and stand in a position where you're not attacking the ball, but also you're not far enough back into the box to actually m- have any sort of effect.
1: He kind it, of goes to this no man's land. Yeah, I mean, there's um, no player there. There's th- no attacking. There's threat no attacking there. threat there. Like it's he's kind of, if anything, he's probably just making life more difficult because he's kind of, he's just a distraction. Mm. Um, it's such a weird thing to do of of panic. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't. He just goes and he just stands in this no man's land where it's highly unlikely the ball's going to end up there. Fulham work it well. They cross. Yeah, It's okay there because it goes to Sessignon who I don't think he's very tall. I think Sessignon's about 5'8 or something, 5'9. Yeah. Um, and he's up against Yoshida who's a Japanese international centre-back. Centre-back's big. So Yoshida, Yoshida must win the ball, John. Yeah, of course. He just heads it straight out and we're away with a
0: counter-attack. But what actually really happens, John?
1: Well... Sessignon somehow
0: out jumps uh, (laughs) Yoshida and manages to flick the ball on towards the uh, back stick now.
1: Hang on, you're not telling me that Southampton's defenders have left Cedric with a large centre-forward to deal with by himself. Yeah, those are our tactics, Tom.
0: Oh dear. But also, Cedric, not only has he got the big man right, he, at this point... An absolute astonishment is watching Yoshida being out jumped yeah, by Ryan Sessiny. So he's facing the wrong so, way. So he's now looking at that, just stopped in awe, watching that happen and unfold himself, and just totally forgotten that actually. But Mitrovic oh yeah, must I have be got also Mitrovic. Is Mitrovic watching that? Oh yeah, yeah. Mitrovic is frozen like a statue. <laughs> oh no oh no, no, he isn't. He's actually moving to make to make some space. So to give Sessegnon on a target to aim for. And he does what? Oh, well, Cessignon flicks it on beautifully to Mitrovic and Mitrovic just has to whack it into the goal. It was
1: very simple. And there is Saints 2018. If you want to encapsulate Southampton's 2018, I mean, like, in one thing, it's everything we've been bad at. Mm. You know, the initial mistake, the not making up for it, the bad positioning, the leaving it to Cedric with the big man. It, It encapsulates everything bad about Southampton Football Club. And... I think you know, we'll come to Mark Hughes, but mm. you know, Mark, if you're listening, like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what, what's why? How are the how are these players doing this? But but also, what what do you do in coaching in training all week? Yeah, so, but also, but this is the argument. I mean, and I think you know, obviously, we'll come to Hughes. Yeah. We can't not come to Hughes. But well, I, you know, I won't say it, but I think I think there's, I, I part of me feels sorry for him.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Tom, right, so let's look at this, okay. Yeah, Alex McCarthy, he's now an England international, by all accounts. He, he seems to be, you know, Southgate's second or third choice. For yeah, England. he's in that squad now. So he's in, he's in that squad. So He's got England international goalkeeper. You've got England international under-21s goalkeeper waiting in the wings. And you have, in no man's land, once England's best goalkeeper from, you know, a couple of years ago.
1: He's now picking up, what, 90 grand a week from a club like Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. to get to so, not even play any form of football. So
0: you've got three really good options there. So fine, goalkeeper, fine. I think Alex McCarthy's doing a great
1: job, so not really yeah. a problem there. I don't think anyone... I think no. we'll criticise a lot on this podcast, I don't think any of us have really criticised yeah. Alex McCarthy.
0: Um, Left-back position, you have uh, former England international Ryan Bertrand, who many people think he should still be in the England squad. Yep. Um, and you have Matty Target, who's a fantastic understudy. Yeah. Yeah, great. Then from your centre backs, you have a Japanese international, you have a Polish international who scored and got a we'll burn we'll in the both of those World Cup. played at the last World yeah, Cup. Yeah, you've got a um, Dutch international. Dutch international. You've got uh, England
1: North former under twenty one and Jack Stevens. Yeah,
0: and you have a uh, Danish, Danish international, international as well.
1: who I think went to the World Cup but didn't play. Yeah. But is an established but, Danish international. But also
0: international. got kind of, I think you know. Player of the defender of the season. Well, in certainly, the I think last year in Bundesliga, had yeah. most
1: clearances with head, most yeah. clearances, most shots blocked but which are two things. By God, we need.
0: Yeah, so you've got five, you know, five uh, central defender positions there, four of whom are seasoned internationals, um, and then on your right, right back, you have the
1: position which is covered by someone who won the European Championships
0: with Portugal.
1: Yeah, and is obviously highly talented. Yeah. Super fit motivated and, professional and again footballer.
0: International. Like how can this group of players not defend the effing ball? And why do we concede so many <laughs> goals where the defence is just absolutely laughable? I just don't get it, Tom. What happens in training? How can we make all of these top quality international defenders play so badly week in week out and constantly concede these ridiculous yeah, goals the same goals
1: and it's funny I was and this isn't Saints I was watching um, I watched the highlights of the Man City game on Saturday and I was talking to my friend who's a Liverpool fan and I said it's amazing if you look at how many goals a Man City score where the ball is laid on a plate, mm. you know, where the, where like the st- I think they scored one on Saturday, yeah. like you know where someone like can't miss. Yeah, that's their like modus operandi. Yeah, Saints' modus operandi is like the opposite. It's the terrible defending. That's yeah. like what we are known for, and it's baffling. And again, like we spoke earlier about Hoyt, that thing of Hoyt sort of turning around to look at like, oh my mm. god, like the someone has scored. Again. The net is bulging again. What's going on? But like. Are we even meant to be playing 4-4-2? Is Cedric a fullback that plays in a 4-4-2 formation? I, I don't think he is. Like, Why did we play 5-2-2 all preseason? Why have we got five good centre-back options and only two of them can possibly play? Why did we sign someone for £15 million pounds to play centre-back who can't get off the bench? Like, I can understand if you can get off the bench we're mm. consistently uh, in American terms getting shutouts, but yeah. we're not. So, like, what's going on?
0: Uh, it's it's just so, so weird. Um, right, so Phil Cook has got a bit of a theory here, okay? So Phil Cook says, Hi, guys, been listening for a while. Uh, this is my first time I've commented. I was thinking about the discussion you had around Mark Hughes and why he was dropping players for no apparent reason. Jack Stevens was mentioned and then Gabby coming in and out, etc. And he says... I think Hughes is trying to make a deeper statement about the players he has and the influence in the transfers. By playing all of the players, he can legitimately go to the board and say the team isn't strong enough. Everyone has been given a chance and they simply don't cut it. Hence the chopping and changing across the team. No settled central defence pairing and the same up top also. If he played a settled team, they would arguably get a bit better. But he is desperate for results and also there is clearly an issue with transfers and his view of the quality of the squad. By playing all of the players, he removes the argument that he hasn't given them all a chance. It's a dangerous and political uh, game for him to do, but I'm starting to think he is that sort of person. Nothing is his fault. Say he is proving a point, but not helping to actually coach your squad. Keen to get your thoughts from Phil.
1: I'd agree with that. Mark, we spoke about this, I think, last time around, where he appears to be completely uh, the inability to absorb any blame. And maybe that's the sort of iron self-belief that made him such a brilliant footballer. Uh, you know the sort of unswerving self-belief that he has but he does absolutely seem to be imp- uh, impervious to yeah. sort of saying you know what like yeah we got that wrong yeah. Every, it's you know it's, it's a it's uh it's, it's the player's fault it's the referee's fault it's someone else's fault at no point does Mark Hughes say uh like maybe you know I'm playing players that, that aren't quite right for, aren't mentally right for that team yeah. um, but then at the same time Mark Hughes is, you know, going to a casino and losing loads of money to prove a point is one way of doing life. (laughs) but It only works if you have an unlimited supply of money. And Mark Hughes does not have an unlimited supply of time. And that's what's going to be the end of Mark Hughes. So Mark Hughes might prove his point, but he won't be around when it's proven because he's going to be out of a job. So it just seems bizarre and also Mark Hughes is not like a long-term option that Saints have invested in like an, like if they'd managed to get well, they like an three-year yeah contract, God knows like why but, but like you know so he's not even going to be around they're not going to change their entire policy way of doing things for yeah. Mark Hughes Mark Hughes will go before they change
0: yeah I mean it's an interesting theory from Phil and I'd like to think that it's be totally impossible that a professional Premier League manager would do that. But I I think he might be on to something. The way that he does kind of change the players and also that he has been to so many of our transfers and the fact that he has also made noises in the press that he wants to be more involved in the selections of the transfers. But you know the the way it's going, he's not gonna be here in January anyway, to, w- to have any influence on the transfer policy. And maybe he'll after he's been sacked, he'll turn around and say, Well actually Um, yeah the reason I got sacked is because the players weren't good enough and blah 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 they didn't give me the right but the players
1: (laughs) I'm sorry by any metric right Yeah, these players are good enough oh yeah definitely like I know that you know there's a lot of international games and you shouldn't put too much sway but these players are good enough because Mm. at various different times these are all players that have done it either for Southampton in the Premier League or for other clubs in top leagues yeah so Lumina played for Juventus yeah Hoiberg played for Bayern Munich. Dini is an Italian international footballer. Yeah. Like Redmond does it for six. Redmond Redman and Hoiberg are probably the only two coming out with any credit mm. so far this season. And like and McCarthy, I suppose. In McCarthy so. as well. Like was by most, you know, yardsticks one of the best defenders in the yeah. Bundesliga. Like I can understand it if you're Cardiff, mm. right, and you come up. And Cardiff are essentially playing, apart from one or two other players, yeah. the same team that came up in the championships. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing in the Premier League with the championship team. Yeah, too. then you go, you know, and they uh, go down. Our squad
0: isn't comparable to Cardiff.
1: And they go down and they say, you know what, we gave it a really good go. Yeah. But like the players ultimately weren't right for that league. Yeah. And then everyone goes, you know what, yeah, fair play. You you gave it everything. Yeah. Like and Hughes can't turn around and say that. No. Like his job is to get those players motivated. And he appears yeah, to be also un- unable to look do at look at
0: Wagner at um, Huddersfield. He's got a group of players there which
1: are not, you know, they're not... Yeah, they're not as good as the Saints. On paper, they're not as good yeah. as the Saints. Yeah. And what have they just done this afternoon, John?
0: Well, they've, they've only gone and got a 2-0 victory at Wolverhampton Wanderers.
1: Which, what happened to the Saints there?
0: Uh, that's where we lost 2-0. Yeah,
1: so, like, it's... it's. I mean, you know, you could argue that uh, that, that Wolves are you mm-hmm. know, actually in a bit of a slump at the moment. But it doesn't matter, like... There's no evidence to suggest Mark Hughes can turn this round. And Mark Hughes, I think now, has won uh, three games of the 20 he's played. We are without winning nine. We are in a a slump by any metric.
0: We're in a terrible slump. And at this point, we're going to take a break to eat our takeaway. We need it. Right, so we've just finished our uh, Thai takeaway, Tom. It was very good. Yeah, it was delicious, wasn't
1: very it? Very spicy, those those
0: Thais. Yeah, it's good, though. I think, you know, spicy takeaway on a Sunday evening. I mean, we're recording on a Sunday, normally Monday. Yeah. It's quite good to kind of sweat out some of the sins of the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all any of us can really hope for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, thank you uh, very much. Um, I think it was, yeah, Phil, via email. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I've got another email. Uh, this time from Josh Whalen, and he's written in from Australia. Now, I've got to say, Josh's email is too long for me to it's, read the it's whole thing. Lengthy. Out. Yeah. I mean, let's. J- Jason Dickey has a reputation on our podcast for being the person who writes the longest emails. Josh has blown Jason out of the water. Um, I haven't done a word count on it, but we're nearing kind of dissertation um type length so i've had a look and i think um probably the the bit that i want to talk about so i've picked out a part of josh's email so he's a but this is after you know several paragraphs of um other kind of like topics that that we've talked about about the team and, and a few others that we haven't as well. But it says, now our squad that we have is actually pretty good. They just need a ma- manager who is tactically great, good at developing young players, uh, playing, attacking football, high-pressing, fast-paced football. Now, the managers I tar- take target to take over are Roger Schmidt, Ralph Hasselhuttle, I don't know how to yeah. pronounce that, uh, Brendan Rodgers, Leonardo Jardim, Marcelo Bielsa, Radijayidi, who I think would be a risk, but at least he plays the philosophy of the club and knows the young guys well. And lastly, Patrick Vieira. So that that's his short list. Vieira, where's Vieira at the moment? He's, is he in New York? Is he in New York? I know he went for the Arsenal job and actually got through to the final yeah, round of me. interviews. I, I know he? he
1: was in New York, at yeah. the Man City project in New oh, York. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, I've mentioned Bielsa quite a few times. Uh, Leonardo Jardim, I think we've spoken about on the podcast. Yeah, before. they're talking He's about here. him going
1: to China, aren't they now?
0: Yeah. Seems like a waste of time going to China. Well, I know obviously it's not a waste of time for your bank
1: account now. Nah, all those, you know. uh, those
0: renminbi. yeah, it's quite a lot of them. Um, uh, Roger Schmidt and Ralph Hasselhuttle. I actually don't know too much about those, no. two, so I can't really comment. I've heard,
1: I've read about Schmidt, yeah, that's all I've got. And uh, Brendan Rogers as well, he's an interesting one, isn't yeah. he? Because he, of that list who's the one who would do it you'd think Brendan Rodgers could take the job yeah Um, Celtic you know flying in Scotland but as you know as always um, Mm. yeah he's kind of you think he's maybe coming to the end of his time there because he's done everything has to be done yeah I mean he
0: kind of had a bit of a perfect season last season and this season it's not going quite as well that there maybe is a temptation for another another challenge. And, you know, he did very well as Swansea manager as well, Brendan Rodgers. It yeah, wasn't he, just that kind of, like, Liverpool magic moment of having Luis Suarez being the best player in the world.
1: And the thing is, uh, I, one thing I would like about Rodgers, I like, feel he has a point to prove. Yeah. Probably has some unfinished business for the Premier League.
0: Yeah. I know William Portis, Pirate, uh, he likes... He's a big he's fan a of big Brendan Rodgers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He likes swearing and Brendan Rodgers. Yeah.
0: Um ready Promoting him from the youth team—that's
1: a big risk, isn't it? it? I saw someone say that it could be uh, Kelvin Davis. I mean,
0: that is an even bigger risk. Even bigger risk, yeah, yeah. Um, So you know, so some interesting shouts there. Uh, He says for director of football he would target Ralph Ragnick, but don't think he would leave. Um, He'd also target Paul Mitchell, who we've talked about, Um, and there are some rumours circulating that he was going to be appointed by the club, but nothing has happened as of yet. Um, he'd also change up our coaching staff, get some top quality coaches in who have a history developing players, developing the youth. I know the club doesn't like to spend money and wants to be self-sufficient, which I'm happy with, but you really need to spend some money on your manager, your assistant manager and coaches. You need to spend money on your chief scout and director of football. Um, so if you spend money on those areas, you get really good quality. Then you don't need to spend money in the transfer market because the manager will get the best out of the players. We'll be using great tactics, have a great footballing system. We can go back to buying little gems that no one has heard of and turn them into diamonds. And we can bring the youth through to the first team like we used to. which all sounds fantastic. And he also points out that on the Southampton website, the vision says it wants 50% of the academy players making up the first team. And we don't even have one in there at the moment. It um, goes on to... It's re- it still on there. It's interesting. Yeah. And it says, it's a disgrace. It's pathetic. It really is. <laughs> Mark Hughes is pathetic. Always whinging and blowing, Everyone else except for himself for his poor tactics, his poor first team choices, poor management, and it's bloody pathetic. Um, so there's, there's a lot a lot there that I mean, we we've talked about quite a lot of this before, and uh, I'm I'm quite with Josh on on most of this.
1: Yeah, I think the challenge is, is changing all the backroom and the director of football. These are long term. Yeah, these are long term bets, aren't they? These are things that come in, and you know, you'd imagine it would take maybe five years to really filter through three to five years, maybe to filter through to the first team. We have an immediate problem. Yeah, you know, like we have an immediate like you know iceberg dead ahead problem yeah um right you know and, and we can tinker in the back when we can get a new director of football yeah yeah you know, the idea that all of a sudden Wesley Hoyt is not going to make another stupid error or Cedric yeah. is going to like tackle back properly or Charlie Austin is going to get near the ball none of those things are going to happen because we appoint a new director of football no um
0: but they could all change with a new first team coach
1: with a new first team manager yeah uh like, I don't know. I think the problem with Saints is we saw this with Fraser Forster. Um, what happens when professional athletes lose their way and then realize that it doesn't matter if they lost their way because they're undroppable? Yeah. And um, do you think Cedric's like that I at the think moment? Said, well, if you think like who's going to come in, like, is he really going to play target? Is he really going to drop the European Cup winning right back? I'd Probably not to play a left back or right back. But, you know, maybe you know what would be interesting is we play Leicester on Tuesday night. Mm. You're going to see Jan Valery maybe given a chance. Well,
0: hopefully, and and actually, that's who Josh has suggested who he would have, um, in if he was manager. He'd be playing the four two three one formation with high tempo, high urgent press, retaining possession, getting the ball into the box from the wings as quickly as possible. Um, you know, not surprisingly, he's dropped Austin. He's dropped Cedric. He's dropped Bertrand. Um, and he has Valerie Vestgaard, Yoshida, Target across the back, Lamina, James Ward-Prowse in the centre of midfield, left wing Redmond, attacking midfield Hoyberg, right wing Gabiadini, and striker Ings. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting team. Mm. Um,
0: I, I would I perhaps drop. I'd drop James Ward-Prowse from that if I was if I was yeah. Josh's assistant manager.
1: What I'd, would you be telling Josh?
0: I'd I'd tell him to drop Hoyberg back into the centre of mid with Lamina. I agree. Get James War Prowse on the bench, maybe bring him in if you know that you've got a team that's frail from um, set pieces and use him for that.
1: And I have Armstrong in there after that performance against Fulham. Absolutely the, agree with you, John. I, I just think Armstrong gives you so much more than more yeah. Prowse, and we don't actually seem particularly adept at scoring from set pieces. No. Uh, scoring, scoring from set pieces seems to be something sort of going out of fashion a little bit. Um, so I think the, the James War Prowse point is a bit of a moot one. Yeah, because we I, like we don't really seem to score like many. Crashing headers, you no. know, from corners and and free kicks. Actually, no. I'm, I'm struggling to think of well, the last actually, time he did. It's
0: funny. I think, like, um, you know, Wesley Hoot, despite the lack of his uh, defensive headings, he did have that chance, didn't he, in the second he half? Where yeah, he manages
1: to find space and
0: then find the air header. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing defensive header that one. <laughs> exactly.
1: He just need to him <laughs> doing in, it in the right end in,
0: in an attack. Um, so thank you very much, Josh, for your email. Really, uh, very interesting. Um, so thanks. if you Obviously, if you want to write in like Josh or Phil, um, you can do say at uh, gmail at gmail.com. I've got two more. These ones are both a little bit shorter. Uh, Matt Deverell says, Hi chaps, just a quick food of thought. Why is no one talking about the failures this season and last defensively from right back? How many goals have been scored uh, from either Cedric's failure to clear from his shortcomings? Why does he seem to be a player who picks up their tallest player? Why can't he head away and only up? And where has his attacking threat gone? I think we have probably given yeah Cedric got a lot of grief.
1: Yeah, I think we've thrown enough. But, on Cedric, well, but let's in defence of Cedric, um, he often and we've said this loads. The ball shouldn't be he shouldn't be left with a with a six foot two cent centre, centre no. forward, and you know like that is the failure of our centre backs. To it's a, it's a failure adequately adequately as well, get, though, yeah. Isn't it? yeah it's yeah. you know i i do think like it's easy it's going to be it's easy to look at you know and like look and see uh cedric getting you know destroyed by some monster forward and yeah. go oh cedric you know but cedric shouldn't be forced to be winning those to trying to win those challenges no.
0: and you'd almost hope someone maybe like lamina would be dropping back in there or Hoiberg might be dropping back in there to take that position Cause it's not unusual for a right back to come in and cover as the play goes out towards if if the play is coming from the opposition's right wing, then obviously all the players kind of generally shift across the pitch towards the play and therefore your right back comes in and fills that position. But if the right back is not capable of doing that, as Cedric has demonstrated time and time and time again, then you have someone else that, that fulfills that role.
1: I mean, I, I've not no stats to prove this up, but we seem to concede a hell of a lot of goals from crosses. Yeah. like It just seems to be... We just seem to, yeah. Like, we just seem to not be able to defend crosses. Maybe,
0: maybe we need to get Duncan Alexander on that. Again. Yeah,
1: I, I just, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and and that leads nicely
0: into another email from Thomas Ketchel. Hi, John and Tom, just writing a short note to say congratulations on reaching fifty episodes. Thank you, Thomas, uh, of the Saints Podcast, and thanks for continuing to publish episodes. Love listening to the Klaus and Duncan Alexander was great on the pod last year. hope you can wheel him in again soon. Love to, yeah. You we'll have to see if we can coax him over again. I'm English slash French and have been Saints fan all my life. Dad's from there and I try my best to get over to the UK to see Saints game every year. Um, I've been a long-time listener who was based in the US last year, but I've just moved to Finland. Do let me know or put a shout out if there are any Saints fans in Finland looking to watch games together keep up the good work right so if you're a saints finnish supporter
1: we've got that list don't you, of people from all around the world so maybe check that out yeah but we,
0: d- we don't know who those people oh, yeah, are that's true. but We're yeah so if, if you're a saints fan and you're in finland and you fancy hooking up with tom thomas ketchel to watch a game he's keen i've got his email i'll make the magic happen in the world of email com. the matchmaker you are john yeah um Got a few tweets in as well, so I'm just going to go straight. You know, let's keep all this, um, yeah, let keep this the social media vibes,
1: yeah. Other people write it for us, it's amazing.
0: I know. Uh, Ben Sharman, he's been uh chatting to us on Twitter for a fair while now. I think it's been quite a long time follow of the podcast. Uh, Mark Hughes's win ratio, Saints FC manager, is just 22 percent. The numbers do not lie, and there cannot be any excuses. The last home win was in April. April. Um, hashtag Mark Hughes out you also had another one why Mark Hughes continues to play Wesley here at centre back is a mystery I think without major changes to the management Southampton FC will be relegated
1: Ben's uh, two points yeah. there I, I agree I, I think Hoyt is a mystery because it, it's weird because Hoyt continues to play and it's probably about the only part of the club where we're actually blessed with lots of like lots of play lots mm. of competition but he seems to be again like you know, how many combinations of the back four have we had you know well how many combinations of centre back have we had but obviously you know uh, Target had to play this weekend because Bertram was suspended but you know it just is, it's just is—it's baffling as to Hoyt's continued yeah. uh, position in this team
0: it's a, it does seem strange I mean I know um, was it Jason Dickey was saying about that, like there's the ceiling so maybe Hoyt's got more potential than some of these other players but you know Jan Bednarek has been fantastic. Every time he's put on a Saints shirt, he's looked really, really good. He looked fantastic for Poland in the World Cup. Like, Vestgaard I mean, didn't look that
1: bad, did he? Aye.
0: I mean, he looked quite slow. But then Jan
1: Bednarek is quite quick. and Yeah, it's yeah. just so weird. Hoyt is... Uh, I mean, Hoyt, you always get a feeling Hoyt needs to be taken out of the team for his own good. Yeah, before he makes any
0: more mistakes. Um, Dan Fox as well. He likes to tweet us every now and then. Uh, he actually wants just to say thank you, well paid today to Nathan Redmond, Mary Lumina, and Stuart Armstrong. You boys played a fantastic game and deserved much more. Keep up the fight. You've got to say actually, how does Charlie Austin look Nathan
1: Redmond in the face? There was a bit in the game on Saturday where someone overhit a pass, I think, to Redmond, and Redmond yeah. turned around and went mad, like really, yeah, like he kind of like just he was like. He really gesticulating, really shouting. Mm. And I think Redmond yeah does have a bit of a reputation for maybe going off at his own players. Yeah. Um. But you know he's the only one I would say with Hoyberg and maybe Lamina that and you know Armstrong that comes out of Saturday with any credit. He is tireless, and I think and the sad thing is is that we're making Redmond look bad. Yeah. Uh, and if if Redmond was playing in a team of you know with good forwards, Redmond would probably have half dozen assists and would probably be knocking on the door of <laughs> yeah. the England team.
0: It's true. I mean, it's astonishing that he hasn't had more assists, Redmond, because he's been so... Our
1: forwards a, a, can't score goals, yeah. John. If they don't, if he, you know, he doesn't get assists.
0: Because, basically, the attackers are not
1: finishing. Yeah, you look at the, You know, late in the game on Saturday, he crosses the ball back, and I think it's Gabby kind of just falls over as he goes to strike it. Yeah. You know, what can Revent do about that?
0: Um, uh, Chris O'Donnell says, can't believe we're in November. Talking about six points, as this one's from before the game. Um, this is say so that the board. Um, this is say so that the board has put us in this position. And continue to hide and say nothing. Hughes was a poor appointment last year. Remains a poor appointment this year. Hey, it brings, except we are worse than last year. Kind of. You know what I find confusing about Mark Hughes's Saints. Go. On. Is. In some ways, I think we're better than. This point last year under They're Pellegrino.
1: Pellegrino, Saints. Team. Yeah, the football's but better.
0: Yeah, the the football's more pleasing on the eye, but the results are worse.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know Pellegrino, we did score some goals. Not many. Not many, but there was a few games we won. We scored three. Did we? Yeah, I think. Didn't so. we only score four against Everton? And that was the only game that we scored. Yeah, we scored two three in. against uh, West Ham. Two or three uh, a few yeah. times. That, know, was, like, that was very, very, that's like the first game of the season. Yeah, second yeah. game of the season. But, like, it, it, you know, I don't know, like it feels the club is in a. Mm. Mark Hughes, I think, is a, you know, we've spoken about this before, the club has lost its way. Yeah. Like well by any metric, the club has lost its way. And Mark Hughes is, is Mark Hughes' appointment is just symptomatic of that, isn't it? it? It's, a, it's a backwards appointment. And I know I'm totally, I said he should get the job, but I absolutely was, was wrong. <laughs> Uh, so, I'm not like pretending I had yeah. perfect knowledge. I've, I'm well in the wrong on this one. Um, you raised a point earlier, He's got a three year contract. Like, yeah. managers don't get given three year contracts now.
0: So, so, if we're going to fire him Mark
1: Hughes, we're going to have to pay him two years and whatever, two and a, two half, and a, half, years and a half years of, years of salary. This yeah. So, that's going to cost, What well, say he's on like 60 grand a week, 3 million a year. It's going to cost the club over 6 million pounds to get rid of him. And, like, why did we give Mark Hughes a three-year contract? Why is he on a two-year contract? Yeah. It's weird. Like, the club makes really weird decisions. Um yeah. You know.
0: you got to say, well, Hughes' agent has played a binder there, hasn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, Hughes wasn't probably going to walk into any other Premier League job. I
0: and the funny thing was, as well, is the way they organised his contract. They didn't give him a long contract last season. They gave him a contract to the end of the season with mm. a million-pound bonus if he kept Saints up. And they could have got to the end of that and just said, Right. Thanks. Thanks. All's done. Everyone's happy. He walks away, his reputation has been improved. Yep.
1: He, no one no one remembers Stoke. Everyone just yeah. remembers keeping Saints yeah. up. Well done, exactly.
0: Mark. He has a million quid in his pocket. Um and then Saints can go on and get another manager who perhaps matches their more philosophy. young, dynamic,
1: yeah. uh you know new world manager. Yeah. Strange, strange goings on, yeah, but isn't this like some some like a bad decision making at the mm. club, like Creo, yeah, bad, yeah, signing the guy Pellegrino's the guy that Pellegrino wanted, eventually signing him, firing Pellegrino what a couple know, like, of weeks, weeks later. later, yeah, you know like
0: what's going on, I mean, they must have known that they were going to have to end up sacking Pellegrino at that
1: like yeah, it just but yeah, the weird so thing is as well is is you know we spoke I think. On and one of the tweets mentioned Mark Hughes' win-win uh, mm. ratios. Twenty-two percent. Twenty-two percent. Yeah, he's won three of thirty games. I don't I think t- it's, quite don't as it's as thirty. Is it three and nineteen? Maybe no. I, you know, it's a terrible. Yeah. All the numbers are awful. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the malaise goes back before Hughes. This is not a, you know, what we weren't good, and then Mark Hughes has made us crap. We no. we bad, and Mark Hughes has made us worse. Um so yeah I I don't know I don't know what the answer is I, d- I don't know whether you know I don't think it is a root and branch removal of everyone at the club apart from him it has to be a complete change yeah. the problem is is you know, unless we go down you know are we going to have a complete change or are they just going to very happily sit there taking the money
0: well there, there's no money to take if a club gets relegated so if you're operating as a club in the championship, you lose money. You don't make yeah. money in the championship.
1: And by all accounts, Gao is not. I mean, Gao is clearly a wealthy man. Yeah. He's not a John Henry, or he's not a you know he's not a Sheikh Mansour, no. or a Abramovich. He's a he's someone who's managed to get together the money to buy a Premier League to buy ninety percent of a Premier League football
0: club. Eighty mm. percent, I think
1: it is. Is eighty. Yeah. yeah.
0: But he's a businessman as well, and he's running it as a business. But the business is going to fail if we get relegated. Yeah. Something's going to happen.
1: I, I my concern after Saturday's game, I I think you know I, I think relegation is a very real possibility because I think the only thing that was giving us any sucker that Saints might stay up was how bad other teams are. Fulham looked pretty good mm. on Saturday. They played good football, and with Mitrovic, they've got someone who's going to score goals. Yeah, which looking at our forward line. Dannings apart, it, you know, Dannings injured. So yeah. Dannings, we had two weeks international break. Dannings is still injured. I think
0: Obafemi's got to get the um nod. You, you yeah. know, if if you look at the game against Fulham, okay, he missed a uh, couple of really good opportunities to score. But you can't ignore the fact that he wasn't on the pitch for very long, and three or four opportunities came his way. If someone is causing that much trouble and getting opportunities you know you yeah, g- couldn't give him given him, given him the the spot in the team and i i, charlie yeah, austin I don't like it.
1: no i don't like criticizing players um who i feel try mm. i don't feel that charlie austin is trying no i can't believe he is because if he is and that's the level of impact he's having then then there's a problem yeah. yeah in terms of his fitness that a professional athlete shouldn't have yeah um he's just he's just I've never I can't remember a player for Saints that has so little impact on a game as Charlie Austin is having right now. Yeah, it's bizarre. Come on, let's look forward. All right, let's go. Tuesday Optimism.
0: night, Leicester City away, EFL Cup. Man's the, the Ma- Man, City Man City away City is, is the <laughs>
1: <Leicester>. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. Uh, Man City away. Yeah. Um
0: I hope that we play some young players, give some players a chance and they they do a good job. Um I don't really care about the result because I don't think we could possibly get past Man City in the next round. It would take yeah. some sort of weird footballing miracle, which I don't think we're capable of at the moment.
1: And also all that's going to happen is they're going to destroy us, you yeah. know, and ship half a dozen goals against us. And that's going to do our confidence even worse. Yeah. So there's an argument for losing against Man- uh, Leicester. The other argument for losing against Man City Leicester is it could, push Hughes closer <laughs> to the brink. Yeah. Um
0: I think probably what's more likely though is that uh, next weekend we have Manchester United coming to St Mary's and then a few days later Spurs at Wembley on the Wednesday. I think that'll
1: be the end of Hughes. That double header. Yeah. Um particularly if we lose heavily at home to Man United. But the the, the
0: games are coming in thick and fast now, aren't they? Because
1: you know, you've got
0: Man United and Spurs which will be um Within a few days of each and other. I watched Spurs yesterday. They were yeah. awesome. So actually, for the next uh, few weeks, you've got yeah
1: two games, uh,
0: two games a week.
1: And also, the challenge we have is that um, we genuinely don't look like we can beat anyone. Uh, you know, we we don't look capable like we're winning this six points. If you look at the games we're coming up, here we go away at Cardiff on the eighth of mm. December. Let's let's say it again. It's a six pointer. Yeah. So is Newcastle. Yeah. So is what like well, Watford wasn't a six pointer but it was for us. Yeah. Uh you know Fulham I think that's a three it's pointer a, it's, when it's a three po- pointer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But you know Fulham so, is a six pointer like. Yeah. We don't look like we can we to win these games.
0: No. Um and I, I say I'm expecting we'll probably if, if Hughes hasn't been sacked by the time we've finished recording this podcast Tom <laughs> I expect it's going to come after a horrific drubbing at Wembley at the hands of Tottenham Hotspur which did for Pellegrino was that the one that you got saved oh, no, well, well, no yeah, that, was that, of, was that was the end day, of Forster that was the end of Forster oh, that was the end of Forster yeah. but also
1: it was sort of felt like the time they should have got rid of yeah. Pellegrino hopefully they've learned their lesson um yeah. And
0: then uh, So hopefully we'll have uh, Marcelo Bielsa in To take over For the away but trip To <laughs> Cardiff City
1: even, You know like Even Like Leeds are what Like second Third in yeah. the championship Like These people They hedge their bets Like Would you rather be at A resurgent Leeds You know Where you're building something mm. Or go to Saints I think we'll end up With like It'll end sound. up with like Gary Monk No I don't think I don't think Big Sound Because I think they're too cheap mm. I think they'll I think they'll Get like Gary Monk in Yeah Ex-player, yeah. To be fair, like his Swansea did play good football yeah. for for the, what they could do. I don't think Gary Monk would be a, necessarily a bad appointment. It can't be any worse than Hughes. Yeah. I mean, like if you look like Mark Hughes' win ratio, we are going down. Yeah, like there is like you can we can talk about how the squad's too good. We could talk about how there are probably worse clubs in the Premier League. Like if we really like cut aside all of the emotion and all the mm. sort of football like fuzz. If you really get down to brass tacks, like we are going down. <laughs> like as it stands. <laughs> well this we're team, in the relegation zone. Yeah, though. we're in the relegation zone. We have nothing that suggests we can beat teams. Mm. Yeah, we beat a, a poor palace team. Uh without who without their talisman, without Zaha. Yeah. Um That's it. And That's it. You know, no, we there's nothing to suggest that we can beat Cardiff away. We might draw. Yeah. <laughs> But there's certainly nothing to suggest, and also the way the Premier League balance is tilted now like clubs like Saints aren't getting points off clubs like Man United anymore no. not so you know not so much you know Spurs Man City Liverpool's Palace did Palace could, yeah Palace got a draw mm. but like but Saints are now in a position where draws aren't enough no
0: we need to win games and it's not happening with Mark Hughes so it's time to go isn't it
1: well look you've got two options you either change all the players mm. or you change the manager and you can't change all the players no, not until January anyway. No.
0: Anyway, on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening <laughs> in to another bright and cheery episode of Sorry the Saints FC podcast. Uh, if you want to get in contact, SaintsFC podcast at gmail dot com or at Saints FC podcast on Twitter. I hope you have a lovely week. Um, if you're travelling up to Leicester on Tuesday, good luck. Cheer the boys. Is
1: Madison suspended for that. I think he's an ex He got sent off. On Was side. that for diving? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Idiot. Um and then uh, yeah, Saturday, Manchester United at St Mary's, so there's a prospect on.
1: Not for us, suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, anyway, have a good week everyone. Cheers guys. Bye.